course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? Yeah, as always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Facone. That's me. I don't really know it's like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Al. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land? My name is Sean Johnson. I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCona, Philly voice and Philly influencer. And you are listening to episode 214 of The Straight Shooters on a whole multitude of platforms. But before I get into those platforms, it's been a little while. It's been a little more than a week since we talked, Nick. So i got to check in with you again. i definitely got to check in with you now because it's been so long. We're knee-deep into the baseball playoffs. We just got past your birthday. It's October. It's fall. I know you're, you're feeling pretty good right now. Is that safe to say? I mean, I was feeling pretty good <laughs> <laughs> about a half hour ago. Uh, you know, watching the look, Astros look. beat the Yankees. I mean, that that made me feel good. Look, we're not going to talk about but, why you don't feel so good right now. <laughs> well, just just know that we're recording this on a Tuesday night <laughs> uh, at, at about eight, a little after eight p.m. And some big NFL news just happened. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So I don't feel any type of way. But I guess, Nick, you feel some type of way. And we have to get into that. <laughs> I'll let Twitter do the talking. If anyone is interested and what we're talking about, just check out the hashtag Eagles on Twitter, and I'm sure there's a bunch of fans right, right. that are on there right now all spilling, about, spilling some blood. It's all about week seven. We got a chance to be in first place. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. But anything else you get with, Nick? Any, how are you feeling? Like, <laughs> I mean, the, we- the weather is getting better. <laughs> it's getting cooler out there. Uh, hey, so as of right now, you know, like you said, Tuesday night, we're recording this on October 15th. It's right after the ALCS Game 3. So WWE Backstage is currently, well, not currently, but it will be on FS1 uh, during this recording. So uh, I know earlier today there, on Twitter, Triple H had said that they were, he was going to announce some blockbuster trade between Raw and SmackDown coming out of the draft. So, yeah, if it happens, up David Ortiz has the WWE title on his shoulder oh right God. now. So. so They are hammering home <laughs> WWE so hard, and it's so hilarious <laughs> in making their talent do this. Talent who we know full well do not watch the current product, but yet they keep making them talk about pro wrestling, at yeah. least WWE, and it's hysterical because we all knew this was going to happen. The moment they announced that they were going to be on Fox, Yes. The crossover stuff was going to happen. Fox ain't above the, the hokey crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. So you said the MLB postgame show, Fox NFL Sunday, it's all yeah. there. Yeah. During the WWE draft on Fox, they had them on there. Like, <laughs> it's so much. It's just it's so much, and it's hilarious actually. That's what I get out of it. Like, I'm there's so many fans that are embarrassed by it, and I'm like, like, okay, you're embarrassed for. You, it's like 
this is what happens when exactly i mean their product it is what it is. In, a, in a very staged and ham-fisted way and it's weird and it's awkward and that's what happens this is what happens on every network and it's definitely gonna happen on fox and, and i've succeed you should be happy fox is doing this right <laughs> honestly as a as a wrestling fan you should be happy Fox is putting so much emphasis on WWE on his network television slots and all his shows that cross promotion. That means obviously Fox heavily invested in this. They've invested literally billions of dollars into it. So they're not ignoring it. They're not they're doing all they can to help the product. And as a wrestling fan, you should appreciate that. They're taking what we love, the sport and the art form of professional wrestling, very, very seriously. So as you know, as a wrestling fan, you should appreciate that because they could easily just like oh whatever it's that wrestling stuff they can easily treat they can treat wwe how tnt or turner broadcasting used to treat wcw back in the day before they kicked it off the air when it was just like oh god not that wrestling stuff oh goodness gracious no fox is like yo let's go all in on this because we part (laughs) we paid two billion dollars for this we'll get our money's worth let's do this fam and david ortiz get that damn belt put it on your shoulder and talk like you big poppy right now. Become big poppy right now. <laughs> That's right. Cut a I, got, right I can't wait to rewind it back and see what he was talking about. And now the backstage has started, and Paige and Christian are actually on the program with Renee Young and Booker T. So that's interesting. I didn't know they were. I didn't know they were going to appear. So and the setup's interesting. It looks like a ring with a backdrop. So it's pretty cool so far. I want to see Joe Buck. Trigman talking about breaking down the fiend Bray Wyatt because now the fiend we'll talk about this a little bit later on our show. You know, fiend is or Bray Wyatt at least. I don't know about the fiend. I guess we we can discuss that. But Bray Wyatt is on SmackDown, which is on Fox, obviously. So I wanted them to talk about the fiend. <laughs> like, yeah, I just want to just for my own yeah. personal entertainment because how preposterous it is that this character even exists. <laughs> like and as wrestling fans, we just accept it. But outsiders are like, what in the blue hell is that? Like, get this crap out of here. But we just like it because we're, we're weird, I guess. But uh, but yeah, as a wrestling fan, just know that it's, this is a good thing that Fox is doing all this stuff. Like, they could easily be like, oh, not just wrestling stuff. Oh, no. Like Turner did back in the day to WCW. You don't want that. Right. You want, right. You want this. And it's both sides, you know, like everyone's crapping all over WWE because they're like, oh, it's so cringe when they do they they try and show everyone just how mainstream they are and do this it, and that. It, it's it, like, can it, the part, it can be. It, it's partly them, but like you just said it, Fox is embracing all that and they're they're doing just as much. So and and no one seems to be criticizing Fox for for being so cringe and whatever, just because I mean nowadays it just seems like WWE can't do anything right. Well, and I mean, well, they've kind of built their own, you know, that it's not for for no reason, you know, uh, I, I get that. But um, they literally have no benefit of the doubt. <laughs> well, they don't deserve it. Uh, after I, Hell in a Cell. Oh, uh, I yeah, absolutely agree. We didn't get a chance to really talk about that, but we don't need to because everybody nah. we agree with everybody else. And they've, they they <laughs> forgot about it, too. That finish is trash. But uh, the fact that Fox is doing it, though, like, yeah, it's. It is cringe when WWE does it because they're, they're, they're talking about themselves. Like, let other people sh- talk about how mainstream you are. Yeah. Don't you how, poke your chest out every chance you get to show how, you're mainstream. You don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I forget the saying. Like, the, the brightest stars, the biggest stars are the quietest ones. I forget that saying. 
that uh, sure. I'm losing on top of my head, but you get the drift. Like if you're if you're a big star, you don't have to toot your own horn. You you right. just are you just a star. So, uh, but as far as this show, uh, we had some breaking news earlier today about Eric Bischoff. We're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna break down the WWE draft, and of course we're gonna talk about because we didn't get a really chance to talk about it last week when we yes we took the week off, but not really. We're kind of just waiting for all this stuff to blow over, right, right. so we can talk about it in full. It would have been, it would have felt like a throwaway episode if we had done it, you know, last week. So we wanted right. to wait till, like you said, everything happened, so that we could talk about everything. And then, of course, that news dropped today about Eric Bischoff. So that's even added to the docket. Right. And then we're gonna also talk about AEW NXT, the Wednesday Night War chapter, you know, part two, and the ratings and all that stuff coming out of it. So we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, and AEW will be in Philly. Uh, this Wednesday tomorrow. night, you know, the night after this recording, so that would tomorrow, be interesting. Yeah, tomorrow, like I said, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They'll be at the Leo Corset on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. They were all they were at WIP today doing interviews. Cody and Brandy Rose were. Uh, saw a guy Turtle, you know, interviewing them. Shout out to Turtle. Uh, <laughs> what do I call him? Eric Gordon, even though it's Eric Golden. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to him. Uh, he's a friend of the show, but. Uh, so they're going to be, you know, in Philly. So, yeah, we'll talk about all that. We've already killed enough time, so let's get into the show. But before I get into the show, i got to remind you where you can find us. One of these here interwebs, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Our Heart Radio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, SoundCloud, Spotify. And that's it, because the mothership, <laughs> we're not on the mothership anymore. The mothership now is Simplecast.com or straight, straight-shooters.simplecast.com. We're not technically a part of Wi-Fi Radio anymore. Because they're not syndicating our show anymore, which not really like a angry breakup. It's just we've parted ways. Yeah. And it was an it was you know it was fun while it lasted. We got over 200 episodes up on there, but mm-hmm. you can still find a bunch of our episodes if not all of them on Simplecast. Straight-shooters.simplecast.com. We can find it's hosting all of our podcasts, but of course we're still on, like I said, Apple Podcasts and all those other platforms that I mentioned earlier. So if you get our podcast in your podcast feed right now. On your mobile apps, on your podcast apps, or whatever, we're still gonna be there. Nothing's changing. It's just that we're not on the mothership anymore. WiFiRadio.com. But shout out to those guys. No disrespect, no hard feelings. And we'll catch those guys down the road on the flip side, as they say. Or my boy Charlie Jordan says at work, on the flippity flip, as he says. So <laughs> I hear that every single day. So I like that. I like that. Yeah. So Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Big news was coming out a couple months ago. Eric Bischoff is going to be running SmackDown. Paul Heyman is going to be running Raw as the executive directors of each show. And we've seen Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over Raw with these um, weird <laughs> romantic angles he's been running. <laughs> Multiple at the same time. Yeah. You can directly attribute that to Paul Heyman. Whereas the SmackDown, it's like, you yeah, didn't really see any changes on SmackDown. And the rumor was that he wasn't really doing a whole lot and yada, yada, yada. Well, today... There is no rumor. It's public. Eric Bischoff is out of WWE. He's out of the executive director chair of SmackDown. And in his place is the old Artful Dodgers. I think Jim Cornette or Jim Ross Carter. I forget which one. I think it's Jim Cornette. Bruce Pritchard, who went from three years ago on the outside just doing a podcast, great podcast, something to wrestle. So now he's back in like a top position in WWE. Mm-hmm. What? How the hell did this happen? But so for Bischoff, he is brought in because at least what the fans said, oh, because of his 
experience with networks and stuff like that. He has good experience, which we both questioned on the show at the time. Like, what good experience? Like, they, they, yeah, right. he's openly talked about how he was always kind of like in, had some infighting with TNT or exactly. Turner, and like it was always some stuff back and forth. That the experience he had with network television or network stations wasn't necessarily positive. It was okay, I guess. It worked out for 83 weeks, but not really much after that. But despite all that, he's gone. And the full statement is as follows. Bruce Pritchard has been announced as the executive director of Friday Night SmackDown, reporting directly to WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, which of course was Eric Bischoff's position. And they pretty much just go all the way into Pritchard's experience. They don't even mention uh, Bischoff in this. Right. You know, like, right, yeah. They don't even mention Bischoff in this statement. So, I mean, if you want to know about Pritchard, you can see that he will oversee all the platforms or, and, and ensure integration across all platforms, which is just... And what they do, say, P- Pritchard will oversee the creative development of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox and ensure integration across all platforms and lines of business, comma, replacing Eric Bischoff. That's it. <laughs> like, Yeah, that doesn't tell you anything, you know, in there. It's like, okay, I mean, well, my I'm first thought was... To. Yeah, but th- my first thought was like, okay, he's he's in another. He got moved to another position and maybe even a higher position now because it's Eric Bischoff. I didn't expect him to be fired. And then, you know, a few minutes later, Brian Campbell of CBS Sports was the first tweet I saw that said, you know, WWE confirmed to him and CBS Sports that Eric Bischoff was no longer with the company. So that's when I was just like, huh, okay, that was the first, you know report that i saw where he was actually completely fired and not reassigned to a different uh job or anything like that so uh i'm kind of surprised that they wouldn't put that in the original statement but because you know you're gonna have so many people reach out be like okay well then what's Eric bischoff doing you know he didn't exactly say that he was gone from the company but now they have to issue another statement to media outlets saying that he was gone from the company so it's just kind of weird the way they the whole thing played out earlier this afternoon and trying to follow it and as of this recording we don't uh, know exactly what happened or any of the details and i'm sure we'll find out down the road you know what, what exactly happened but you mentioned it earlier rumors going around that you know he quote-unquote wasn't doing anything <laughs> and you know we saw all those smackdown rewrites we the, those reports uh, oh from yeah. brian satin and sean ross sap were like always uh, every week you know smackdown is being rewritten by vince mcmahon as we speak on like a 5 p.m tuesday and that was when bischoff was supposed to be at the helm and doing this executive director position so that to me maybe you can point to that and be like okay that doesn't necessarily look good um if bischoff really was in charge of all the aspects of smackdown but also but, you know, it, I didn't even it, think anything it, of it at the time. This man does it, so like, he's he's done that. Yeah. Before. It doesn't like it's some outside of the box thing that Vince McMahon would rewrite the show super late today. But I mean, obviously, it wasn't a good look for Eric Bischoff, I guess, if he was supposed right. supposedly the one putting the show together to be rewritten. You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. This was um an interesting development. I know some people are saying on like you said on Twitter, it's a big conspiracy man. The, the big conspiracy. <laughs> the tinfoil hats ready. That people are saying that Bischoff was solely hired for to take the fall to be the fall guy for from Fox 
because they're going to be upset that the ratings took a step back after the first week. Which is like, I all right. So here's some here's here's a couple of reasons why that doesn't make any sense. I would like to I'm gonna give Fox the benefit of the doubt, and that I'd like to believe that they knew the ratings going to take a dip after the first week, right? They can't possibly believe that it's going to stay at the same exact level every single week. I know that might happen with football. But and as much as you might say there is an oversaturation of the product somewhat with football. But I think really there really isn't an oversaturation because even though there's football on Monday, Sunday, Thursday, and even if you count college football Saturday, the ratings still hold up highly strong, right? The ratings ain't taking a dip because there's a lot of football on. Or wrestling, because there is a lot of wrestling and it ain't always particularly good, it might take a dip. The curiosity is there. You see it for that first week and you're like, oh, there it is. It's not really that much different from what I watched before. Bye bye. I'm going back to my normal viewing patterns. I, I mean, Fox had to have known this was going to happen, right? So why were they. You would think. You better do something about this, Vince, in the second week. <laughs> what? And of course. They're not going to point the finger at Vince McMahon, you know, who, you know, the guy who actually, like, approves everything. Like, no, 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 no. Let's point to his his underling and blame him. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't see that at all. I, maybe maybe it, we don't. Like, the point is, we don't know what happened. That's the thing. And until Eric Bischoff, because that's probably what's going to happen. Eric Bischoff is going to his podcast and like, yo, this is what happened. This is what led to it. That only, it still will only be one side of the story. But at least. It'll be something as opposed to just just nothing right now. You so, know what's funny? Know. He on a recent podcast, it might have been the one. It was either right after the first week of AW or the second week of AW. And I was listening to one of his podcasts. Uh, I forget which one. And he, Conrad, had asked him if he watched AEW and everything like that. He said, yeah, like I caught some of it. I really liked everything about the show. I liked the presentation. So he was like talking glowingly about AEW. Ooh. So I would be, it, I would find it incredibly hilarious if Vince somehow found out that he was praising AEW and then fired him because of that. That's more of a conspiracy that I'm willing to believe than uh, SmackDown's rating was uh, lower the second week than the premiere, so Eric Bischoff needs to go. I mean, you believe that because you just came up with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. that's a foil hat. Looks good on you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it's just I'm willing to believe that more than you know. I mean, did could th- there be truth behind? Oh, they just hired him to keep him away from AEW. Okay, but maybe the dude moved from Wyoming to Connecticut and the way he talked about it on his podcast, uprooting his family, how excited he was for the opportunity. I mean, you know, it came across as genuine, at least on the podcast and I'm sure on the live shows, well, but I'm sure it was genuine from his maybe, standpoint. Maybe when he got there, he it wasn't what he thought. I that don't know. does that does suck. I mean, if you're a right? fish off, you, like, you, like he said, he moved his family to from Wyoming. Well, I'm sure he was more than happy Mm-hmm. You know, swimming in his millions of dollars and owning his land or whatever. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's probably less expensive than Connecticut. I'm sure it's less expensive than Connecticut. He takes his family, moves him to a I don't, I don't know what the temperatures are like in Wyoming, but I'm, it's cold in Connecticut. It's way more expensive. It's totally different from Wyoming. He lived like in the middle of nowhere. Now he's living in 
I'm sure a more like urban area, more residential area, and you only do it for like four months. Yeah, kind of sucks. I don't know. I mean, his kids. I don't know if he has like young kids. I doubt that he has kids that's like in school. But I hope that wasn't the case, and he had like get them signed up in different schools and stuff like that. That sucks. I mean, that's yeah. the reality of it. We can look at it from like the wrestling standpoint and like, oh, ha ha ha, make Bishop. But like, that does suck. Despite what, regardless of how you feel, and we see it all the time in like sports where guys, you know, they're away from their families. They're not even like uprooting their families. Just, or coaches, coaches do it a lot. Coaches definitely uproot, or they just are away from their families because they're coaching in, you know, say for Philly, they're coaching in Philly, but they live, they still got a house in like, you know, California, and they don't necessarily want to just uproot the family. <laughs> like, right. they may be moving every other year, so that's that's no fun. And uh, so that sucks. But, yeah, it's interesting. And we'll see. I guess we'll see what SmackDown looks like moving forward. If anything changes, I doubt it. Uh, because it's still a Vince McMahon show. Even though I will give Fox this much credit or SmackDown this much credit, it looks different than Raw because it's on Fox. And Fox presents it. It looks like every all the other sports they present. It looks like a, a, a MLB playoff broadcast. It looks like an NFL yeah. Fox Sunday broadcast. It looks the look and the feel like... The way that I don't know what they do using different cameras or what. Right. Yeah. It doesn't look like a, a normal WWE show that came from NBC Universal. It looks like a a Fox show that just so happened it's wrestling. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, the cameras are. You made a great point. They're not the same. Uh, it looks like a Fox product, and a lot of people don't like the new cameras and and everything. But I, I like it because it. Man. I like seeing different. I like seeing the same thing in different ways sometimes. So Monday Night Raw, you got the usual WWE cameras, NXT, the usual WWE cameras, and then Fox. They're more, you know, maybe the frame rate's down a little bit, but still, it looks okay. It's not, like, terrible. I think the set makes up for that in a way. But, uh, you know, it's... It's presentable. It's it it's makes different. it feel big. It feels bigger than it did when it was on USA. It's different. Let's try something different, wrestling fans. And hey, let's give it a shot. You know, people people are adverse to change. Mm-hmm. I get it. They're adverse to change. That's what in any industry. But well, how about school? I mean, let's just give it a shot for a little bit. We got we got some breaking news. What's the breaking news? Did the trade come down in WWE? We have Raw trading. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to SmackDown. For what? But didn't say for who yet. Oh boy. <laughs> Triple H is on WWE backstage right now. They just showed clips of Ronda Rousey, so I have it on mute. I don't have the caption on because uh, I look I on hate Twitter. I guess. But um, that'd be interesting if uh, Ronda Rousey is somehow part of this, but I doubt it because now they're showing Kane Velasquez's debut and Tyson Fury. So right now, as as of Right now, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to SmackDown. As a tag team. Um, okay. Let's look on Twitter real quick, I guess, since you got it on mute. <laughs> I love it on the bottom. They have the breaking news. They got, they got the breaking news. That's yeah. hilarious. For future considerations, that's what it says. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is this? Where they were women tag team champions from August 5th to October 6th. Wow. <laughs> uh, they're doing all that. They're going all in with that. That's actually kind of funny. I I I dig it, man. It's it's WWE sports, you know. It's funny. Future considerations. That's <laughs> such a sports term. It's only really in baseball you hear that too. You don't hear that in like other sports. Right. You hear right. the term like, right away. Usually like cash considerations or something. 
or player to be named later. And well, you, you're right, like, it's usually like baseball. It's usually a baseball thing. Yeah. I think it's still great. I don't know. It's just a sports thing. I don't look. Wrestling fans are not gonna like this because they're not used to this. If you don't watch sports, you don't know what that even means. What the hell is future considerations? Look, <laughs> don't worry. This is just one small step that WWE is taking to be like normal sports. Even though that press conference they had last week was trash with uh, Tyson Fury and um, Cain Velasquez. Yeah, I didn't even see the press conference. It was bad. I'm not against the idea of having the press conferences and more of the sports-like presentation, but they overly scripted it, and it came off as sanitized, and it's boring. you got to make that – press conferences inherently are kind of boring. They're not like super – there's nothing exciting about them. But your personalities make them exciting. Like UFC, they Conor McGregor sitting on the dais at a press conference. He makes a press conference which is normally just cut and paste, cut and dry, in and out, you no know, strictly business. He makes it exciting because he's a personality. They didn't let any personality show. I mean, I get it. Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez aren't wrestlers, so they don't. Tyson Fury has personality, but you know maybe they don't have super colorful personalities. You know, like I said, Tyson Fury is pretty colorful and pretty animated but you gotta let braun and brock lesnar isn't gonna do it but braun Strowman's got to do more than just like i respect tyson fury pretty well good these hands bye and that's it <laughs> like, that was come on man we gotta do that, that. that shows a lack of creativity and lack of personality for braun even, too you know it don't even take creativity just let him go let him lose yeah i don't know i don't yeah. get it but um so Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to SmackDown for future considerations, which for I guess future helps, considerations. It helps us transition to our next topic, and that is the draft, which happened this past Friday and to Monday. Uh, for, first, quick observation: I love all the shots of the of the war rooms getting super <laughs> excited after every pick, um, because I know some people are like, "Why are they so excited after every pick?" You look in. Any war room for like a football team, and you will never see a disappointed war room after a pick. They're like, ah, I can't believe we just had to pick this guy. They're happy about every pick. Every GM around the league, when the draft is over, is like, we got the guys we wanted. They say the same thing. They love. They throw. They heap praise upon all their picks. They wanted every single guy. They didn't miss on anyone. But yet, like in wrestling, it's like, oh, we got the tire. Oh, we're upset. Like, oh, come on. Man. They're not going to so, be mad. Real quick, on the bottom ticker line on this program, they just said that Seth Rollins burn, burns down <laughs> Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. It was like part of just, <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> this is news. In case you missed it. <laughs> Seth Rollins commits arson. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, WWE, now you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, putting, you're putting stupid stuff up there now. <laughs> Burns down. Oh, that was great. I could not. And now they're showing like, they're like one more match for Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're showing all these highlights or whatever. But uh, that made me laugh. Yeah, um, but so you know, to, to your point about the war rooms, I liked it. I knew it was like it was corny, whatever it, it was. But that's what it is. And it's so funny seeing people on Twitter like, or either don't watch sports or do watch right. sports. And they're like, this isn't how a draft works. It's like, yes, it dude, is. it's fuck. Excuse me. It's wrestling. Like, but that's what you... how it works. I've never seen an angry war room after a pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, even that, but even like the, like it was SmackDown had two picks and raw had three because of the three hours versus two hours. And it's like, 
they don't this isn't how real sports drafts work it's like oh my god like they're I mean, actually I, getting I, from prominent reporters and people that cover the business and i don't know that it, that's why when i go back to what i said earlier like wwe can't do anything without being criticized and you know we agree with a lot of it because they build their own they, they dig their own grave a lot but you know stuff like that you just got to look past because like why are you taking that part seriously when there's so many other things that really matter in the it scheme of a show good. and wwe the whole three picks were all two picks of SmackDown in 2016. They yeah, did. they did the same thing. Yep. No one batted an eye. I didn't know no, Ford no. had a problem with that this time. That was a thing back in 2016. It was the same time, like three hours, two hours, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, um, so, draft. I'm trying to find. I just want a list was, of yeah. the rosters. I'm sure you can find them on Wikipedia, my favorite go to yeah. source. It is your favorite go-to source. So I kind of want to look look at the results, like who got drafted where. I don't really care too much. All right, here we go. Uh, I don't know if this is in order, but this is what Raw picked. It might be in order. It looks like it, actually. Raw's first pick, though, was Becky Lynch. Raw Women's Champion. Hold up. Let's just hold up a second. (laughs) Um... So they're they're keeping the ticker going during commercials. Um, I don't know if that's an FS1 thing. If they normally do that, I don't I don't watch it that much. But uh, they're they're still going with it. This is, is also a three-time Raw Women's Champion and two-time SmackDown. Women's why champion. is the Raw Women's Champion being drafted? Why is champions involved in the draft? I don't know. You know, you would think you would think they would go around with that and like just be like, okay. These are the champions that are on SmackDown. These are the champions that are on Raw. I guess because you, you take away you take away that moment from Becky Lynch. I guess uh, that's why they did no, did it the way they did. Logic. It's just logic. Yeah, she's number one overall but, pick, and that that's cool for her. It's another accolade for Becky Lynch, and no doubt that's cool. But it just defies logic that. Oh, so we're gonna do draft her to SmackDown. She's all <laughs> champion. Well, you know Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, didn't get drafted till well after. A lot of the a lot of the people. But so people time. were even like, why wouldn't Raw just Seth Rollins burns down the Firefly Funhouse? His latest yeah. chapter of feud. Oh my god! <laughs> then you got Roman Reigns, who was the first pick for SmackDown. He represented SmackDown in a match he had for the number one pick, and they picked him. <laughs> you already had him, right? He was representing uh, SmackDown. Now I could see the annoyance with that, especially when you know when Daniel Bryan was picked and Stephanie was like. SmackDown adds Daniel Bryan, or he'll, he SmackDown's addition. Daniel Bryan's like, well, he was already on there, so, and then later on, you know, they this, they, I think Raw had picked, uh, I forget what brand it was, but they picked someone, and they were like, oh, they're staying on Raw or something like that. So it's like the, the whole thing was just not the same way across the board, which definitely irritates wrestling fans because continuity and logic is big in wrestling and it's been a long long time since wwe made that a priority yeah so the draft order at least from raw becky lynch the oc says aj styles luke gallows and carl anderson good job for keeping them together uh drew mcintyre randy orton ricochet bobby lashley looks like a lot of these guys are already on raw like ready on the side yeah alexa bliss who is now on smackdown that we know uh, along with Nikki Cross, so Kevin Owens, Natalia, the Viking Raiders, 
Nikki Cross now to SmackDown. Street Profits, who were also already on Raw, just hanging out backstage. Uh, EC3. Eric Young, who I totally forgot was even in WWE. Why was he drafted? Why was he drafted over Cesaro? He was... <laughs> oh, that was a big thing, too. Like, Cesaro's still not drafted, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well... I don't get it. They have, maybe they got other plans for him. Stop it. Um, Sin Cara. Didn't know Sin Cara was still in the company. He probably isn't. He's losing your house party? I guess. I don't care. Was Seth, he? I don't know. He was drafted, apparently. I don't... Does it, it doesn't matter, honestly. <laughs> I don't think he was part of it, but that's he interesting. He might not be. He's a mass wrestler who, look. Yeah, what, what happened? Who is in it? It's Kalisto, Lince, and Medellin. Yeah. So, Sin Cara's not even in that. Why is he getting drafted? <laughs> Where's that time we saw Sin Cara? He's got to be in the NXT Cruiserweight division or something. Seth Rollins, uh, Charlotte Flair. Andrade and Zelina Vega, Asuka and Kairi saying the Kabuki Warriors, Rusev, which, I mean, okay, Alistair Black, Edric Alexander, Humberto, yeah. Eric Rowan, which, okay, Eric Rowan, but Luke Harper is undrafted. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Buddy Murphy, Jinder Mahal, I forgot, totally forgot about Jinder Mahal. How is he drafted by Cesaro? Like, maybe they're doing a storyline for Cesaro. It just doesn't <laughs> That's make sense. That's what I'm saying. He, he's got It's either going to be either NXT or NXT UK. It doesn't make sense logically when he's on TV every week. That's <laughs> true. And Jinder Mahal's never there, but it's like some, somebody's, <laughs> I'm supposed to believe that somebody's like evaluating the talent and is like, hmm, Jinder over Cesaro. Hey, okay. those are the USA execs, man. It has nothing to do with WWE. I guess. But he was. <laughs> I guess they remember his WWE championship reign. Yeah. It was a long one. Too long. R-Truth, Samoa Joe, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, Rey Mysterio, Titus O'Neil, and Liv Morgan. What do you think about the Raw roster, Nick? Okay. Mm. (laughs) That's it? That's it. I took a drink. I took my drink just because I thought you were going to talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> All right. I, well, we'll see, you know. like, yeah, it, You know, when, when you talked about the OC being drafted as the collective unit, at least now they're they're saying outwardly units can be drafted together when they never said that before the first draft. Well, here's the weird thing, that Kofi got drafted separate from New Day. No. I thought he did. This... This past one or in 2016? This one. No, no. Though they they drafted them together because the graphic was all three of them. Oh. And the, there was all three of them. I uh, looked online somewhere and they said like Kofi Kingston and then New Day and I was like, what? Well, he was he was the most important part of them, so maybe they're his lackeys now or something. <laughs> all right, but go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but like so th- before the first draft in 2002, they never mentioned like they were always like, oh, tag teams can be. Right. Uh, you know, so they never said like collective units can be drafted. So then Ric Flair drafts the NWO. And I was just like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and but then uh, they split up the Dudley Boys and split up the Hardy Boys. And... So uh, now at least they're telling you collective units can be drafted if USA or Fox wants them as a unit. And uh, that made more sense to me, you know, this time around. So it made it easier for the New Day to stay together. And the OC. together so but but there's no lauding wwe's logic in that uh because a lot of people just don't want to give them credit and um I, i'll give them a little bit of credit just because i've 
feel like the draft was just kind of a blur. You know, like I don't. Yeah, because here's the problem. Feel here's the problem with the draft and these in this roster at least. Like the roster is like on paper is like all right, it's all right, but it's like I've seen so many of these matchups because they've been crossing them over so much lately. Yeah. It's like. Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley, I, I, or Ricochet versus maybe Ricochet versus Randy Orton could be some. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, I don't know. It's just, it's okay. Like you said, I guess it's just okay. Like Ricochet versus Rey Mysterio would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Let's see SmackDown for a second. Uh, Roman Reigns, we got Bray Wyatt, Sh- Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman. That's a pretty good top four, I guess. Lacey Evans, The Revival, Lucha House Party, Kalisto, Grand Medellin, and Lince Dorado, Heavy Machinery, uh, Apollo Crews, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel, who I completely forgot about. Oh. Uh, Drew Gulak, who's on the main roster. He's on SmackDown. He got drafted. Good for Drew Gulak. Hail I even... Look, the draft went by so fast, I forgot it happened too. But, hey, hail Northeast, all right? He got drafted. He ain't the first right. person Northeast to be drafted, but he's drafted, all right? I'm talking, when I talk about draft, I'm talking about like to the NFL or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the latest Northeast high school draft pick. Oh, you know what? I did know that because when Daniel Bryan got drafted to SmackDown, he tweeted at Daniel Bryan, Welcome to SmackDown. <laughs> That's, funny. That's uh, that, funny. I saw that scrolling through the timeline and I, I laughed. That's really funny. Also drafted, Heath Slater. Oh, okay. Wow. Which is funny because the last time he wasn't drafted, and that's sort of kicked up the whole storyline of him having to feed his kids. That was pretty funny, actually. But not this time he's drafted. So, uh, <laughs> Tamina, Brock Lesnar, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, uh, Bailey, Nakamura, and Sami Zayn as a unit. Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. Love it. Uh, Ali- and the great thing about that is Sami Zayn tweeted earlier Monday or it might have been Friday, that he's cleared the paperwork that um, allows him and Nakamura to be drafted together, which is, like, right. hilarious. Cleared the paperwork. Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Lost some forms. <laughs> officially become a tag team in, in WWE. Yeah. A lot of form. Yeah. I wish that was... That would be funny if that was the case. You had to fill out the paperwork. Right. <laughs> tag together unless you fill out the paperwork. <laughs> you know what? And that would have been a great segment, you know, like a two-minute segment backstage if they'd pre-taped it or whatever it would it would have added it, it would add so much to the show instead of just doing it without any explanation but whatever uh Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode who were the Raw Tag Team Champions right yeah. but draft Smackdown after they lost I believe no before they lost Monday right they drafted the so Smackdown Friday were they no no no, no. you're right no 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 you're uh, right you're right I forget that both shows had picks on each day. I know it's so. I, I keep that was weird. No, because back, because remember like before that. No, it it makes total sense that each show has picks on each day, but there was a time in, when the draft where Raw had their picks one day, SmackDown had their picks the other day, and that was it. And I kind of like reverted back to that time for some reason. I <laughs> had a um a brain aneurysm, which brings me to Shorty Gable. Who was not even the next step on his list? This is Carmelo, The Miz, King Corbin. Nice, King Corbin. Elias. Shorty Gable. Okay. That's not okay. Why? Come on, man. 
shorty. He's like 5'8". So I'm short. I'm 5'8". He's not short. You're not short. I'm short enough. Come on, man. Come on. How do we know this isn't a, Maybe. just an attempt to get sympathy and it wasn't his idea? They don't, you don't have to literally call him short to get him sympathy. But what if he was like, I want to be called shorty, and they were just like, okay. That's not his idea. He'd be called <laughs> Angle Jr. if it was his idea. He'd be a wrestling machine. He'd be killing people. He would, he would be Kurt Angle's himself. son, not Jason right. Jordan. He wouldn't be going around calling himself Shorty G or Shorty Gable. Come on now. That's but not what the even idea. at this point, he's at his most important point for in now. his career on the main roster. For now. Even with... Yeah, but even with American Alpha, he wasn't at this point, so we'll see where it goes. This is the reason why Eric Bischoff got fired, I'm convinced. (laughs) Now, creatively, I would agree. I'm not, like, a huge fan, but, you know, let's see if it works. This is trash, bro. This is trash. (laughs) It's nuts. All right, so here are the free agents, which is like, what? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The authors of pain are free agents. When, okay. When's the last time they wrestled? They got to prove to Raw and to USA and Fox. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're recording this on Skype, and after I said that, Vaughn just tilted his head back. Like he was done with it. He was already done with it. Cesaro. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. They were just like tag team champions like six months ago. Like, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> not get drafted. They were just tag champions. <laughs> They, they won him at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, Dana Brooke. Poor Dana Brooke. Drake Maverick. Okay, I guess. Oh, wow. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They just get left. Wait a second. Ah, uh, that's... Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Fire and Desire. And the Iconics weren't drafted. Oh, wow. What? Oh, what? wow. Uh, Maybe they're like Fox and USA are just head to head and they're can't decide right now. Man, look. I understand this is not real. Excuse me. I understand this is not real. This is a total storyline. But you still have to make it make sense. Right? You got to make it make sense, some logical sense. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are the second WWE Women's Tag Team Champions ever. Not drafted. <laughs> Luke Harper, former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion. He was at WrestleMania last year defending the titles. Not drafted. Okay, so also not drafted. Mojo Raleigh, Noe Jose, Sarah Logan. What do you think about the SmackDown roster? I mean, I, I like it if Brock shows up. But there's no no telling that'll happen. I think he brings that kind of like importance to SmackDown on Friday with with the pyro back and everything. It does feel more important. Um, but you know, like, will he show up every every week after Crown Jewel? Uh, I don't know. I mean, how, how that match is happening at Crown Jewel anyway is like, I, I'm my mind's kind of blown by it because they're that show's already paid for. They're not going to make any money off it. Uh, they're not going to make a gate off it because the show's already paid for. So why wouldn't you have that match in the U.S. or, you know, somewhere? I, I don't know. I mean, 
that's a whole other conversation, though. You asked me about the SmackDown roster, and I like it. Uh, you know, it's better than Raw, I guess you could say, in a way. But I'm not like I don't feel all warm and tingly inside. Not for either one. That's the crazy thing. I don't feel like I remember when we talked about the 2016 looking at each roster. Maybe maybe it was because it was the first time in like years that we had like split rosters and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, this roster here, blah blah. blah. This time around, I really don't have any feelings for it. Oh, because and because I, maybe part of it is I don't really believe in their reports out there that oh this is going to be a hard split nobody's going to appear on raw that's on smackdown and vice versa I mean, and it's like i still like we is it really going to happen and maybe that's part of why i'm just kind of like eh on it and if that's, if that's the case that's cool but it's just i don't i don't know i'm counting the women that are on smackdown i think smackdown has like five or six women <sighs> jeez they're going to burn through so many matchups so fast. They really are. Which, I mean, their roster is big, so you, you got to split it, but, like, they might need a couple more women on there <laughs> on SmackDown. I mean, I saw a couple more women that, that weren't literally weren't drafted. There's four more right there, Fire and Desire and, and the Iconics. Yeah. Boom, now you got 10. Sarah Logan, you might have 11. I don't know. Uh, Which... Which roster has the better... Which show has the better roster? I'll go SmackDown. I think I agree with you. I go SmackDown, too. Just... I think I will look forward to the wrestling more on SmackDown than I went on Raw. You know, Raw has got some talent. I mean, Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander, Alistair Black, Rusev can work when, when they actually put him in the ring. Street right. Profits are fun. Ricochet, Drew McIntyre can work with a lot of different people. Of course, you got AJ Styles. So, I mean... Uh, you know, I might be underselling the, the Raw roster. I mean, actually, the wrestling might be better on Raw, but I think the SmackDown has the more compelling characters. Yeah, that's a good People way to put it. Sasha Banks is a compelling character. Bray Wyatt obviously is compelling, but like, and you know, hope, I, hopefully Bailey will start being compelling I, after this turn. We got Brock. Every time he's around, there's something important going to happen. Mm-hmm. New Day is always good, great. Uh, Daniel Bryan, like I said, Bailey. Miz, if they actually get him going again. Miz is on SmackDown again, which is like his home. He's only good on SmackDown. Whenever they take him off of SmackDown, it's like, where's Miz all of a sudden? So now that we got a hard split again and he's on SmackDown, which is now, I mean, maybe it's, it's the A show again uh, because yeah. it's on network television. This is good for Miz. So Miz, he's, we all know he's capable, compel, be, can be compelling and have good matches too, you know, also. Uh, so yeah, I will say. I'll probably watch SmackDown for the compelling characters, but the wrestling, when you get the different people in the ring, will be probably just from a technical standpoint, be better to you know more fun to watch, just because you know even though I've seen AJ Styles versus Ricochet a million times. Yeah, I mean, I've already seen it. Is it. what it is at this point. <laughs> right. I'm not like yeah, I'll enjoy the matches, but Kevin the matches that kind of don't mean anything yeah. anymore. Can't overlook Kevin Owens on Raw as well. Kevin Owens is very, very talented as well. So yeah, they got some, they got some work. You know, it's. I think it just comes down to creative and why we're so kind of like blasé about this whole thing because the creative's been not great for a long time now, and it's hard to really excited. Exactly. On either roster, you know, we both said SmackDown might have the better 
roster you said like probably the better characters and i agree with that but it's still really hard to get excited and even like back in 2016 that's when wwe's roster really started to explode as far as like they had the, the four horsewomen was, was all on the main roster and shinsuke was just coming in and you know like all these new fresh faces that were on the main roster now you look around it's like all these guys have been there for three four years there ain't a whole lot of New faces on the main roster when you look at it. I mean, Drew McIntyre is new. There are some, obviously, like a McIntyre or a Lashley. But you look at how many people were around the last time, right? Becky Lynch, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Natalya, uh, let's see, Charlotte, Seth Rollins. I don't know, Oscar wasn't there. Rusev. I mean, maybe on, it looks like Raw got a good cut of a couple of new guys, but it's not that many. And they're not. They're not but honest, the top of the card is virtually the same on either side. <clears throat> Let me read you the bottom ticker of F- FS1 right now. If my my TV is like really being crappy right now, okay. so slow. But so I'm trying to rewind it, and now it's being really slow. It's pissing me off, actually. All right, here we go. So it's about Bailey and. All right, well, now it's coming up because this so now breaking news of the trade or whatever. Oh, we got the not trade? exactly not exactly a blockbuster trade, but of Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross of SmackDown. So SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey set to begin title reign after destroying inflatable buddies using <laughs> e- explicit language to deliver hateful messages toward fans. Oh, God, inflatable buddies. Using explicit language to deliver hateful message. WWE. I love it. I love y'all, it. Y'all want, you can't have people take you seriously with this stuff. <laughs> like, and it's on FS1. They're they're hawking. This is know, Thursday night football, SmackDown, Big Noon Saturday, and Fox NFL kickoff on Sunday. I love it. Inflatable buddies. buddies. That's what they're called. They're her friends. <laughs> All right. I love it. Back to my point, though. <laughs> the top of the card and for pretty much both brands isn't really that different than what it was in 2016. I mean, John Cena's gone. Uh-huh. Outside of John Cena and maybe Dean Ambrose, right? Who's now John Moxley. Uh-huh. Trying to think of who... What's that different? Seth Rollins is still there. Roman Reigns is still there. Kevin Owens. AJ Styles. Miz. Mm. Brock. Dan Ryan, but he left and went away and came back, so I don't know if that counts. Samoa Joe wasn't really there, Braun Strowman, but I don't know. For me, at least, it's just not inspiring a bunch of... It just doesn't feel like... Like you said, the creative, I guess. It's because you know they're not probably going to do anything exciting with either show. Yeah, because something's got to change, and now we've seen Paul Heyman's Raw, and Oh boy! What, what's really been Jerry exciting Springer. to see? It's like Jerry Springer. Almost. Yeah, it's like, I mean, there that stuff can resonate with the fans and get over, but it just hasn't been because it's been so poorly done. Yeah, like it's, I, it's rough. Like that whole thing with Lashley and Lana kissing on the stage and Rusev looking at him. That felt like it was going on for like an hour. Like, <laughs> it like. Nothing moves quickly. Like everything needs to be hammered home to the point where, you know, the 
it takes forever. And then uh, I don't want to say the slowest of slow, but like literally everything's so slow that nobody can miss what they're trying to tell you. And that's why I get so annoyed because I have ADD to begin with. And if if you're focusing on Rusev kiss with Lana kissing Lashley on the stage and Rusev's looking at him for like a minute, I was like, what the hell? Like, why is that happening right now? It makes no Rusev sense. And standing there, it's not really to, bad. Not trying to kill Bobby Lashley in that moment. He kissed right. his wife. He's just standing there. Right. Like, it doesn't. And despite, like, like, you can't make your own conclusions either. It, it just doesn't. That type of stuff is what bothers me. And, it, and it's, it's creatively, they're still creatively bankrupt. And you you said it on this podcast months ago. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll see. But moving on, or just moving back to last week, where we had the second installment of The Wednesday Night War. And guess what happened? The ratings went down for both. Oh, no. Which was what we said on this show on episode 213. I said specifically that I would expect them to hover around about a million viewers. And that's about what they got. They got, if you just count TNT alone, they had 1.1. Well, I think that was total, right? 1.1 million? Yeah, yeah. And that was... Is that including True TV? They had 120,000. I don't know. I got to look this up again because I just wanted to make sure that I got. I totally forgot I was on True TV, but. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got the the non-True TV number and the True TV number. I think the game was over before AEW went on the air. Yeah, but they still had it simulcasting on True TV. So it was down to 1.018 million viewers so about a million like i said and then of course if you factor in the extra hundred and twenty-two thousand, that's about 1.1 million of course so like i said about a week ago a little more than a week ago was that AEW if they got 1.4 the first week expect that number to go take a step back i don't i hope no one was shocked by that and it's just, and, and also on top of that, NXT, NXT was down from 891,000 to 790,000. Not surprising on that at all. Absolutely I, murdered. Let's not get carried away. But here's the thing, people, we need to understand AEW, and I don't know if people realize this, they're not bringing in any new fans. And neither is NXT, for that matter. Neither one of these shows are. So I know a lot of people are excited that, you know, and it's good, it's good for wrestling that we're on two major networks like this, especially for AEW, specifically AEW. Because WWE's got the stroke, they got the money, they're going to be on major networks. It's good. But don't expect there to be new viewers. These people, the, the people that are watching these shows are the same people that normally watch wrestling. Anyway. And they're right now tuning in for the curiosity because it's a hot product. It's it's brand. You got to see what they're doing right now. But there's gonna come a point where fans are gonna know what kind of know what to expect. They're gonna kind of kind of get used to AEW. Where will they be then? That's all. I, that's all I want to know. Now, I'm not surprised that they're already down to about a million, 1.1, if you count True TV. I expect them to be around there. I don't. 
I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they'll dip below a million viewers in spots here and there. I'm not saying they're gonna consistently be below it, but they will. That will happen at some point. They're gonna drop below a million, and if that happens, don't come saying the sky is falling and the AEW needs to change everything. It's just that's people's viewing patterns. It's not gonna always hold exactly the same every week. So some weeks it's gonna be up to maybe 1.2, but some weeks it might be down to 900, 800,000, and that's just how it's gonna be sometimes. So in the same look at NXT, NXT is already they might be at 600, 500,000 by the time this coming episode come up come around because people know what to expect from NXT. It's not like it's bad. Both shows are good. You just kind of know what to expect, and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll see you later. I got too many other stuff, too much other stuff to watch. That's how people are. But let me just say say this. Both shows are good. I enjoy both shows. I think technically the wrestling, if I just went just from bell to bell, I think NXT is still better. But AEW has its energy about it, its feel, because it is new and it's still fresh. And, it's, you know, the crowds are super into it because they're bigger crowds and they want AEW to succeed too. So they're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to grade them on a curve and all this and that. But it's still like a new hit thing, so it's it's exciting. There is a buzz around it. You can feel that energy when you watch the show, and you know they're gonna have the energy tomorrow night when they're in Philly. That energy is gonna be there. I mean, a lot of AEW chance because we used to do it for ECW back in the day. But let's just see where this goes. Let's just keep you know moving along. This is now week three, and AEW's got still got work to do. They still got flesh out storylines and whatnot. They've had two high angles in the show two weeks in a row. Whether it happen every week, you know, it's just it takes time, and this is still the honeymoon phase. Believe it or not, even though they took a step back in the ratings, we're still kind of in the honeymoon phase. Believe it or not, the honeymoon ain't over for AEW. They still got everything, the good graces of everybody is still in the good graces of everybody. I should say, everybody still likes them. So just give it some time and see where they are when people are kind of like ah, I'm not feeling it anymore. Let's see what happens then. Let's see where they are at that point. Yeah. And maybe by then we'll be, we will have graduated from these prominent people talking about the ratings, like they're the be all end all. And oh, NXT got demolished by AEW, and AEW is crushing NXT, which is not helping the quote unquote wrestling war that people want. But like, oh, pro wrestling is such an in great shape right now, but you're they're constantly undercutting great wrestling. So yeah. And uh, hopefully we will we'll graduate from that and these doofuses will stop all that. And yes, right. I did say doofuses. Because like you said, NXT is still good. Don't sleep on NXT yeah. because all oh, the ratings are good. No, I don't mean NXT is bad. NXT is still damn good. And let's hope that the ratings aren't like an, like something that makes makes a man want to want to change it. I don't think that's he, true. That's true too. That was my fear to begin with. Like, oh, if, the, if they have you know rating slip ups, will that make Vince McMahon want to do something. Like, Vince McMahon's going to be on NXT, try to pop a rating, and that's how you get into short-sighted booking. <laughs> if the they don't, and that's how you get into hot-shotting hot shotting stuff. If they don't go that route, I think NXT will be fine, but they will ruin NXT if they start hot-shotting stuff. And they're already kind of doing it. They're going to have Damian Priest versus uh, Pete Dunne tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's a takeover match. Any other time in the past, Damian Priest and Pete Dunne would be a takeover match. And they would build it for a couple of weeks and then have that takeover. Instead, it's going to be on like it's probably the main event of a of a TV taping because they need big matches. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. 
So we benefit from having a big match now, but we could have had a bigger match in about a month or so when the next takeover is. So yeah. that's just that's just you know the the, uh, the collateral damage of this type of competition. And you know when you do that, WWE did it to, the, to, to themselves because they didn't have to put their show up against AEW. But that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I. Last thing I want to see is Vince McMahon walk out on the NXT set. Oh my God! And take over anything regarding that brand. I hope. I hope not. That's not the case. I hope that's not the case. But also, I mean, like I said, there's so much wrestling out here nowadays. We'd be remiss if we overlooked products that's on YouTube, specifically NWA Power. Man, I'm glad they- you brought that up. AEW is is good, but it's not really that different from what you see on a weekly basis in WWE. It's really right. not. Like right. it's a lot of the same. It it doesn't feel and look that much different. It's a lot of the same. NWA Power, because it is taking a page out of the old school playbook of studio wrestling, is vastly different from everything else you see on TV, and it's good. Yeah. Like, don't sleep on this. Like this is the stuff that. People rail on like people like Jim Cornette for, oh, you just want to bring back studio wrestling. But then they watch one episode of NWA Power and they're like, what? This is actually pretty good. It's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's right it was because it was, it was good back in the day. Some stuff still yeah. works. Yeah. And don't... The, the pacing is brilliant. You know, I, there's only been two episodes so far. And they're also available kind of easily. Like, you don't have to go too far. They're on, stream live on the YouTube channel. And then they're available for on-demand viewing right after. Uh, stream live on Facebook. I, I know those two for a fact. I don't know if they are oh, on you know, Periscope or Twitch or anything like no, that. But only you know, that's really kind of – that's great. And I've been watching on YouTube the last couple weeks, and I, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. And let's not forget also, let's give props where it's due to MLW for their show yeah. as well. It's also on YouTube, and they pull in a good amount of viewers as well. But NWA Power, again, feels totally different from – you talk about sports-like presentation, that's right. what they have because the NWA is an old-school-style studio wrestling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I dig it. It's, it's only an hour, easy to digest, and you can tell they're not rushing through a bunch of stuff. They, they got the promos on point. You got to be able to talk, and they're not, like, taking 20 minutes to do a promo and have a talking. It's like this person has something to say. He's going to say it. He has a point, and then he gets out the gets it out the way. Yeah, it's done in like two or three minutes. Right. Perfect. I don't need a guy standing in the middle of the ring like Seth Rollins and is just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and not really saying anything and not really even when he how he's saying it is not really inspiring me in any way. But that Nick Aldis promo from Power, I was like, yo, that's a star right there. Like, that's legit. I haven't watched the second episode yet. I will watch it. I'll tell you, I watched part but, of it so far, but it's, it's good so far. It's good stuff, man. It's good. It is. Like, I don't want to say good old fashioned wrestling, but it is actually. And I it, like I, Eli Drake better in NWA than I did in TNA. Because <laughs> in TNA, he felt like just another guy because they yeah. did the same stuff that WWE did. Instead, here, he feels completely different and completely refreshed because NWA is doing something not really new, but different. It's not a revolutionary thing. It's just taking a page from a playbook that's been thrown away because Vince McMahon started doing – he started sports entertaining. Right. And every other promotion has kind of copied that sense. Like, this is what we have to do to keep up. And NW, and then maybe that's true, 
But the NWA isn't worried about keeping up, which is what I like. NWA is worried about just, you know, coming back and being a thing and being viable again. And this is one of the steps they've taken. I applaud all the people at NWA for taking a dead brand. NWA was nothing this time three, four years ago. And in a good amount of time, they took it and made it something viable to now they're getting... You know, that this second show so far has 38,000 views on YouTube. It's only been up for a couple hours. The first show, if I look back, let me see. And they put the four matches up individually, which is smart, in my opinion. But the first the first show, 422,000 views. Now, of course, on YouTube, a click, if you click it for like, and you watch it for like three seconds, it's a view. But I'm sure the watch time on this is pretty high. I would love to see... The statistics on like average view duration and stuff like that. Stuff I look at for my job and see how long people are watching our videos. But I would love to know that how long people are watching, and not that it really matters. I mean, it, I'm sure it matters for NWA. They want to know this stuff because it helps your YouTube ranking. Like if you got good watch time, YouTube's going to promote your videos more. It's in the algorithm. That's literally how that works. But 422,000 views ain't nothing to sneeze at. I mean that's that's a damn good night for some of these television shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it, TNA would take that, or Impact, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Ring of Honor would take that. Would. Which, by the way, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to them coming back on Access TV uh, with their weekly show after starting, I think, the Tuesday after Bound for Glory. So we'll have an eight to ten wrestling show on Tuesday when Impact starts and. Like I mentioned before, I enjoyed the program, and then once they took it off, uh, what was it, Pop TV, when it, when it went to Pursuit or something like that, I lost touch with it because it was hard for me to really find it and watch it. Um, and so I'm trying to keep up a little bit, and I'm kind of looking forward to that, seeing what what they do, because they were doing some good stuff, but watching the NWA now, like I'm kind of more interested in that type of product. It's only an hour, you know, minimal commercials. It's, it flies by. So it would take less of my time to just watch an NWA show. There's only so much wrestling I could watch in a freaking given week, which is why part of me was annoyed uh, that NXT went to two hours head to head, because that's another two hour show that I, have to watch all the way through because I'm going to be flipping the channel and I can't exactly get a good barometer of a show when I'm flipping channels. Yeah, like, but I'm, not, like, I'm not, I'm not, a lot of stuff, I'm so. not watching one. I'm not taking another two hours of my life to, to <laughs> watch the show. I'm watching them both at the same time. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. At the same time. I'm not taking a whole nother two hours of my life <laughs> to do it. Like I'm, I know some people will, and I applaud you more power to you, but I'm just not doing it. Uh, but real quick, uh, NWA, a little advice for y'all on your YouTube page. Move your thumbnails, like the graphics on your thumbnails. Don't put anything in the bottom right of your screen because that's what the timestamp is on your thumbnail. It's going to cover up your graphic. So, like, there's one video that says behind the scenes. But if you, if I'm looking on their page and, it, like, all the videos, it says behind the set and it says 847. That's the timestamp. Can't see it. So move everything to the left of your thumbnail so your thumbnail doesn't get covered up by the timestamp. And that's my advice on YouTube. This message is brought to you by Vaughn M. Johnson. All right. YouTube uh, professional. I like it. You know. He's verified on Twitter, folks. Have everything to the left of your thumbnail, baby. You can have, like, visuals on the right side. Just don't have words on the right side, I should say. Just don't have words down there. 
making left aligned. Like the one thumbnail they have of Eddie Kingston and Homicide, perfect. Everything's on the left side. They got Homicide and Eddie Kingston on the right side. Boom, done. But when they have the banner going all the way across the bottom, don't look good. Don't look good. I don't want to see it say full ma. I want to see full match. It's a different way of doing that. That's a good point. You know, just a little food for thought. I'm here to help. Because I love wrestling. I will you know, tag David Lagana. <laughs> tag him. Free advice. Yeah. You know? But uh, with that said, on that note, it's time for us to wrap up here, Nick. So take us out with some plugs. Yes, man. It was a good show, and I'm looking forward to more right here on The Straight Shooters. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter and follow me at Nick Bacone. And I will hopefully get this up on Philly Voice at PhillyInfluencer.com. It's been a crazy few months, as you know, I said earlier uh, about my mother being hospitalized and everything like that. She's in rehab right now, so she's on the mend. And hopefully, hopefully she'll be home by the holidays. That's our goal, but we don't know yet. So uh, keep sending prayers. Keep your, your good thoughts out there coming. And uh, hopefully we'll get this podcast on phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com if not vaughn will tell you where else you can listen to this you can listen to us on all those platforms i mentioned earlier apple Podcasts, google play stitcher iHeartRadio, radio spreaker TuneIn radio player fm soundcloud and spotify not on the mothership no more different mothership now we're on straight dash shooters dot simplecast excuse me dot com straight dash shooters dot simplecast dot com we can find a whole boatload of episodes from the straight shooters i'm not sure exactly how many i don't want to tell you all of them and you can't find all of them on there i gotta double check that but you can find quite a bit i'll tell you that much on straight dash shooters.simplecast.com of course you can rate review or subscribe to us on all those platforms and of course don't forget about our patreon patreon.com slash shooters radio where you can find some exclusive content for the nominal fee of 199 so well, Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 214 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch you all again next week. Peace. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.